Welcome to the Employee Safety Podcast from Alert Media. We provide business professionals with insights and ideas for protecting their people from the vast array of threats facing organizations today. Each week, you'll hear advice and best practices from an experienced safety leader. Here's your host, Peter Steinfeld. Welcome back, everyone. Today's episode explores how to build a security operations center, also known as a SOC or SOC. So naturally, I invited one of the world's leading security experts to the show to walk us through how to create one. Grant Hayes has more than 20 years experience in physical security, including serving and protecting former U.S. presidents as a Secret Service agent and leading security operations at major organizations such as British Petroleum and Magnolia. He's also the owner of Childers, Hayes, and Richards, which is a consultancy that works directly with organizations to improve security and preparedness. If you've decided to invest in a security operations center, but aren't sure where to start, or if you're ready to level up your current security program, this is the episode for you. If you're not sure what a security operations center is, or if it's right for your business, Grant has advice for you as well. Let's jump in. Grant, what benefits does a modern security operations center or SOC provide? You know, great question, Peter. First and foremost, the security operations center really reduces the risk. You hear leaders and people are talking about, if I could just look down the road and around the corner, I could do a better job on, on predicting what we want. You know, the SOC, it really improves communication. So now you have a security operations center that is 24-7. It's staffed with people that you've handpicked. They understand the business and they're available there to answer calls, to make calls, to make sure the business continually runs. So now you have this really great communication node to work with the business. Plus, when things happen that whether it's focused on the business or whether it happens in and around the business, it really helps the stakeholders or the people within the business C-suite in context as to what's going on. So you could see an active shooter event or you could see a a weather event that isn't maybe necessarily directly involving your organization, but maybe is in close proximity. This security operations center has the opportunity to kind of gain context as to what's going on and then communicate a clear picture. And I'll give you a quick little example of the benefit of an SOC that something that we saw right away on my very, very first security operations center that that we built, we had a very large construction site. So the company that I was working for had an entire city block that that we were working on, high-rise buildings, et cetera. And as we were setting up the security operations center, we decided to implement a couple cameras that could see into the dark. And I kid you not, as soon as we turned those cameras on in in the security operations center, those cameras came on and it said, hey, look over here, there's, there's something that you need to see. And sure enough, within about five seconds, this guy comes walking out of the dark. And so obviously the security operations center sprang into action, called the security guards, let them know that we had a guy who had jumped the construction fence and was on the construction yard. Who knows what he was there to do, but if we wouldn't have had that security operations center, if we wouldn't have used that technology, what might've happened that night? Who knows? Maybe it was someone just cutting through, but maybe it was someone there doing something nefarious. So it really helps organizations know what's going on that maybe they didn't know before, if that makes sense. No, it does. That's fantastic. Let's say I'm a security leader. We probably have a number listening. And the organization has made the decision to go ahead and invest in a security operations center. Where would I begin? 
it's one of those things that, you know, I always uh, encourage people, hey, just get it started, right? You'll make your mistakes. But if, if we're talking perfect world here, the best thing to do is really ask the right questions. So engage the security organization, all the different potential business unit leaders, um, and help understand what the business is, where it's going, what are their needs, and how can security or having a security operations center support that organization in the business. So what that will help you do really is now that you're understanding what the business does, you can then align the security goals or how you're building your organization with kind of your organizational priorities. And what that does, that aligns then security with the business. And, you know, one of the things that, that I learned a couple of years into the business building one of these security operations center was I had a chief operations officer come to me after we had one of these kind of conversations on, you know, what do you need? This is what we do kind of thing. And he said, hey, listen, Grant, you know what? He said, he goes, I know security can bring all these really cool tools to the table. And there's really these cool bells and whistles that you guys do. He said, but when you look at the business that I do, and he was the COO, and he said, when you look at the business that we do, he said, is there something that you guys have in your toolkit that will help me take a spinning plate away from him? Help me reduce his workload if there's a tool that I have in our security operations center that will help them do that. You know, and, and immediately the little light bulb went off on that makes total sense. We have this program. What about this? And how would this help? And I can tell you that just by having that conversation, understanding his business, and then looking at what the security operations center does and the tools that we have, we were immediately able to save our COO, hundreds of thousands of dollars. And so it was really, it was really through all these, you know, asking the right questions, understanding the business, how you support them, what tools do you have that they don't have that will make their life easier, really builds then this trust and this foundational relationship with the rest of the business. One, that they understand that you know what the business is doing, right? So you're just not there operating as this individual entity but you're operating in a way that you are actively working each day to support the business. And that just means that all of a sudden they, you have their trust. And so they're going to come to you with different situations, questions that they may need in the future. And that really just starts your security operations center off in the right direction by asking those right questions, ones that really support the business. Yeah, it seems like there's a two-level approach here. It's Sure, you got to come on board and do all the basic blocking and tackling, get the cameras up like you talked about, everything everyone would expect, but then take it to the next level once you get that in place and then really talk with the business and see how you can better help them achieve their objectives. Right. There's so many tools. You know, when, when we think about lone worker or you talked about cameras, card readers, we talk about threat intel platforms. There's so many things within each one of those specific things that you can take and really look at and go, hey, how does this apply to that certain business? And how does it really add value? And there's so many things there that I think security leaders sometimes don't take the time to hit the pause button, fully understand all the tools that they have in the security operations center. Because we're just looking at it from a security mindset, right? We're thinking security, security, risk, business continuity. But if you take a step back and have these conversations, you fully understand your business, you go, you know what, this really helps operations. And this is how this helps them. And it just, it just completely changes your relationship with the business. Because now you're not singularly focused 
you now have several things that you can offer to the business. Yeah, it, it reminds me of an example. There's an organization that had a logistics team that needed some help understanding where there were shutdowns and traffic, blockades, things like that. And if they could get their trucks around those locations, they could get their goods to different stores and warehouses much more quickly. And the security team ponied up and helped them with that, helped them get that intel. And it made a huge difference to the business. Yeah, you know, depending on what industry you're in and the different tools that you've decided to to put in your security operations center, there are so many ways that you can just help the business. Again, it's, it's not just security. There's a customer service aspect to the, to the business as well. And there's tools that we have that can just make the business more operationally sound. And it may have nothing to do with security, but we have a line of sight into something that maybe the business doesn't. And because we have that line of sight into traffic or weather or intel or whatever, by sharing that information with them, that might help them take a hard right turn instead of taking a left turn. And I'll just give you a quick example. There's a large oil and gas company, one of the majors I used to work for, they were thinking about building a gas pipeline from one country all the way to, to the Gulf. And in the country they wanted to build it through, you would consider it a, a high threat environment, right? And so what the security operations center did is they, they went back and looked through all the history of terrorist attacks, where they happened, when did they happen, how did, you know, got all the details and then plotted them out on the map. And then they, they took that map to the guys who were building the pipeline and said, hey, listen, don't know that if this information is really helpful to you or not, but this is what we've seen in this country where we're looking to build the pipeline. This is where we've seen the incidents happen is this helpful? And the pipeline, you know, guys were saying, oh my gosh, that's super helpful. And what they ended up doing was they ended up building the pipeline around all the incidents that the, the security team had lined out and put on the map and really reduced the risk of that pipeline, not only interrupting it while it's being built, but then interrupting it while it's flowing. So it was, it was an, an amazing collaboration between security and operations. It was really neat to see. Yeah, that's a fantastic story and true value to the business. Now, when people think of security operations centers, they oftentimes in their mind think of mission control from NASA. <laughs> this giant room, screens everywhere, people in front of computers with headsets on. How do you determine the appropriate size and scope of an SOC for your organization? Right. No, it's a great question. And, and yeah, everybody always asks, is this minority report? And uh, <laughs> you know, what, what, right. is, what is this thing going to look like, right? And my first answer is, well, it depends on your business, right? It depends on what, what line of work that you guys are, are, are currently in could drive uh, how big your security operations center is. Are you located in, in one city or do you have multi-cities? Are you global? Are you working in a high threat environment? I think all those things go into the size and scope of your security operations center. And I, and I want to go back to one of the, the first things we talked about, Peter, and it's understanding your business, right? It's understanding what your business does day to day and how does security fit into that. And once you understand that, that will help you initially start to put the, the pieces of the puzzle together to build that foundation as to what your security operations center is going to look like. So I can't say, hey, you're going to need three screens, four TVs, three people, four desks, it's really, hey, what is your business doing? How are you going to operate inside that business? 
How big is your business and go from there? Does that make sense? It does. Would it make sense to maybe start small and then continue to grow as you see the, the benefit and the work that gets created? That's, that's a great point. You know, as I think back over the security operations centers that, that I built, what, what was the first thing that I put in there? And I think in every single location, it was the cameras and access control, right? It was, we know this for sure. So we're going to put this up and we're going to dive into the things that people expect us to, to fully understand. And they're, and I think the business fully expects us to understand how do our cameras operate? What can they and can't they do? How do we tie in all the analytics that the camera provides? Do the cameras talk with the, the card readers? And there, is there a way to, to tie them together that if someone presents a badge and they're unauthorized to that area, will that talk to another camera that, that, that will pop up and tell me what's going on? Those are actually the first things that I always started with. It's knowing the basics, understanding them really well, and making sure those things work beyond a shadow of a doubt. And you, you're doing the things that they're expecting you to do from day one. What are the most common roles and responsibilities of a security operations center personnel? So common roles and responsibility of security personnel are really dependent on the type of industry or, or business that security professional is, is operating. If it's just a basic business environment that, that you and I operate in every day, you want people who are good at multitasking, that are as good listeners as they are communicators. They are, they are calm under pressure. They know when to escalate issues, ask the right questions. They have to be able to, to determine is this risk or this threat or this security issue that I'm looking at, what's the real issue here and how am I going to communicate it to? Who am I going to communicate it to? Is it do I have to just log it in the note, hey, this, this happened? Or do I need to start escalating it up the call tree to get some further feedback on next steps? So those are your kind of general, your good working personnel who are on most SOCs, right? If you're working in a high threat environment, typically you're looking at people who maybe were, were analysts in the past, someone who has a law enforcement background, military background. Those guys and girls offer just a kind of next level type of interpretation because the environment they're in, they just have to have that ability to quickly understand what's the threat and what's the next step. So it sounds like a good mix of generalists and then layering on the specialists as necessary based on your industry or budget and however that may allow for itself. Yeah. And Peter, I'll tell you, you know, I've hired both in both scenarios. And there are people who have worked in the SOC that don't have the law enforcement military background that are amazing. And they really looked at it from a customer service perspective. But they were really great listeners. They fully understood the business and they were amazing. People, I, I know that uh, there were several times I would get calls from team members out in the business, employees who just, you know, wanted to call me and say, hey, listen, I, I called your SOC last night. It was midnight. So-and-so answered the phone and they were really great. They got me all the answers that I needed. They were clear. They were concise, very professional. And then I've, I've had the other flip the script and I've had people with amazing backgrounds, but when it came to answering the phone and the customer service, it's like they fell apart. So it's just finding that right combination, but they have to be able to communicate. They have to be good listeners. Those, those are critical multitask. 
and they have to have a customer service aspect to them to be really successful. Well, it sounds like the the people aspect is really important. So with that in mind, do you have any suggestions on how one would go about training their team and fully integrating the SOC into the company? You know, we, we've been talking all along about the security operations center, understanding the business, right? And if they understand the business, it probably helps the SOC analyst or the person working there understand when events come up, what's going to be the impact. So I'll give you a few examples. When I was at an oil and gas company, we would take our security operations center analysts and we would take them out to the oil field. And we would have them go see what a pump jack looks like, what a Christmas tree looks like. We would have them look and see what a, a drilling rig that was drilling for gas or oil, what it looks like and all the things that went on. So when they went back to the SOC and they were able to look at cameras, they were looking at a pump jack or a Christmas tree, or they were looking at a, a drilling rig or whatever. They had really good context as to what was going on and what they were looking at. So we, we taught them the business basically, and it just made them a more well-rounded analyst. And it also took it a step further that when people called from the field and our analysts were able to use the nomenclature that the field people used when, when referring to uh, different things on the oil and gas field. So it really just made that connect that, hey, listen, we know what we're doing. We understand your business and we're here to help you. So that was, that was one story. The second was when I was at Magnolia and, you know, Magnolia is, is really big about the brand and customer service. And so not only did we take our security operations center, but we took our entire guard team and we put them through the four pillars of customer service that all Magnolia employees go through. So they went through the exact same training that the Magnolia employees went and that just helped them again, understand who is Magnolia, what is Magnolia, where did it come from? And so when they get questions, whether it be from the public, or whether it came from employees, it just, again, gave them context around, hey, what, what's the silos? What's the baking company? What's the home furnishing store? It, it made them more well-rounded and made them more of an asset when supporting the business. I think that's fantastic advice. It seems like a lot of security operations centers and security personnel are this outside police force that the employees fear and they don't understand. They, I mean, it's like they're just two ships passing in the night. So fantastic advice. Great. Well, let's get into the nitty gritty of building the physical security operations center. Who lays the first brick, so to speak? And where do I begin to source contractors if I'm a manager of this team and trying to figure it out? Right. I love the who lays the first brick. Again, looking back at all the security operations centers that I've had the opportunity to, to work with and build. It literally was just making that decision. Okay, we need this. I'm going to do what I, I, I can right now to get this thing up and running because I want to start showing value right away. And those conversations then would proceed to having conversations with IT or the AV group and facilities about, hey, do you have a room we can go to? And can I borrow some TVs, maybe a couple monitors, a couple laptops, you know, or desktops so we can start just diving into the security system that's currently there and understanding it so we're good at what we do. It's literally just doing it is the first thing that I would tell people. Build a relationship with your IT team, build your relationship with the AV to, to get the equipment, work with your facilities to find a, a space that you can operate and call your own where you can start laying that groundwork as to what your security operations center is going to look like. Now, they may give you a closet 
And I always just worked with what they gave me at first, knowing that that's not, that's not where we were going to end up. So I would say, take the steps, use the equipment that you have, and just get started. And once you get started and you have that base, you have someone there, they're working on the cameras, the card readers, and all that kind of stuff. You can then start engaging the business on where do we want to grow this? How big do we want to get it? You know you need it. So you set up the basics. You have your access control system, your video management system. You have that up and running. You're watching it. You're looking at it. You're learning it. You're having the conversations with the business. And as you begin to learn the business, that's when you start looking at the different technologies and all the different vendors. Once you've learned that I want to do X for the business, here are some concerns. So just as an example, you know, the the first kind of example I gave you when we were talking about putting the first cameras up and they were their IR cameras, they could see at night. It was because the construction team and the facilities team were really concerned about theft at night from the construction sites that we were on. So we started installing and building technology based on what the, the business needed. So we started engaging vendors on, hey, listen, here's our access control platform. Here's our video management system. This is what we want to do do you have a product that integrates with the platforms that I currently have? And then we start building out the system from there, right? So it's just get it done, get started first, engage the business. And then once you understand what the business needs, start engaging the different vendors to either acquire the technology that you need or figure out, does your current system give you the the things that you need to support the business? So you start there, right? And there's ISC West, there is the ASIS or as is, whichever one you want to call it, conferences where all of these contractors will be for days at a time. And I would encourage you to go to both these conferences, spend two days just meeting with vendors. Once you understand your business, meet with the vendors, understand their technology, see if it fits your business and just go all of them, collect them all collect information from all of them, go back to your business, sit down with your team, sit down with your, the businesses that you've been engaging and start saying, hey, listen, we've seen this technology, we've seen this, do we need it? Do we not need it? How does this support the business? What's our return on investment if we, if we invest $100,000 in this platform? So just get started, understand the basics, engage the business, get out to these amazing conferences where you can see all this information for basically free come back, start putting the pieces of the puzzle together, and then move from there. It sounds like the best SOCs operate on an iterative feedback loop, and it's more of a journey, a constant journey, not a destination. <laughs> no, 100%, because that platform time frame could be long for some, right? Especially if you're, if you're a new business, if you're a startup, and you're still driving, hey, what are we, who are we going to be? Where are we going? How big are we going to be? There may be a long pause before you start adding any of these big technologies. You may think you need one thing, but a year down the road, the business is like, yeah, nope, we're going to go this direction. And you'll be glad you didn't invest $100,000 in that, but you stayed and you listened to the business till you fully understood where they were going. So yeah, it's a, it's a journey for sure. Well, speaking of money, for our listeners out there who are probably wondering, what's this going to cost me? Can you give us just like a ballpark of the approximate investment, maybe just a range, like low to high end? So I've spent a couple thousand dollars. And then 
there were times when I've worked for some large oil and gas companies that we spent three quarters of a million dollars on a full-on security operations center. It had its own crisis room conference table with all the AV systems and communications and hard lines and hard telephone lines, all that kind of stuff. So you're going to run into the the couple of thousand dollars on up to a million dollars, again, depending on the business, uh, your areas of operation, what's security's role within the organization? Do you have a piece of the crisis management? So if you have a part of the crisis management or response, you're going to need a place to meet. You're going to need a place to have communication tools to communicate with the rest of the business. And again, just depends on on where you're going with it. Uh, That's great. I was thinking it was going to be a much higher on the low end. So I think that's fantastic information for our listeners that you really can get started and add value for not a tremendous investment up front. Absolutely. I mean, this just goes back to just do it. Just get it started. You know you need it. What things do you have at the business that can get you started? Kick this thing off because... As soon as you kick this thing off, there's going to be low-hanging fruit that you're going to be able to get, and you're going to show those real quick wins to the organization that say, hey, look, by us having this dedicated person, this dedicated place that we're able to look at all the tools that we were have, we were able to uncover this. So once you do that, people see the return on the investment and go, okay, that makes sense. What else can you do? Well, let's research it. Let's see what we can do. So it just builds from there. So absolutely, just just start doing it. Fantastic. Well, Grant, that was definitely a masterclass. Really appreciate you spending time with us today. No, you're, you're welcome. This is something that I love to do. And I would love to follow up at any time you guys would like to have a uh, further conversation on this. This is something I really enjoy. Well, if people do have follow-up questions, and this is a big topic, so I'm sure there's going to be a lot, how can our audience get in touch with you? Yeah, no, that's great. I would love to to hear feedback or connect with different teams out there on LinkedIn. You can just connect with me to my LinkedIn profile. My email is ghconsulting1 at outlook.com. So it's ghconsulting1 at outlook.com. If you guys reach out to me through that, I'll, I'll get back to you as soon as I can. Excellent. Well, thank you, Grant, and our audience for joining us on another episode of the Employee Safety Podcast. If you like what you heard, make sure to follow the show on your favorite podcast player. You can also subscribe at Alert Media's website so you'll never miss an episode. I'd like to give a special shout out to the folks who have rated us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. That helps other people find the show and makes organizations safer. With that, have a safe week, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Employee Safety Podcast from Alert Media the industry's most intuitive emergency communication and threat intelligence solution. To learn more about how to protect your people and business during critical events, visit alertmedia.com. Until next time.